This week on Inside Motorsport, we look at the Formula One season in review and the Australian Motor Racing Series with Lachlan Mansell. I hope you'll stay with us. Lachlan Mansell joins us on the line. And Lachlan, great to have you back on Inside Motorsport as we come towards this Christmas festive season. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everyone. And uh, yeah, we're heading into the off season, aren't we? But still a lot of news and a lot of things to talk about, even though the on-track action might have stopped. Still mm. a lot to unfold over the break. Lewis Hamilton becomes the champion in Formula One and Mercedes also continuing on their dominance. It's been interesting to see how uh, others around the motorsport world are reading the tea leaves of this year's Formula One season with Mark Webber saying Ferrari were their own worst enemy. And you have to agree with what Mark Webber says to some extent because certainly for the first half of the season... You'd have to say that Ferrari had a faster car in race trim than what Mercedes did, but there were still occasions where Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton in particular was able to beat Ferrari and beat Sebastian Vettel. And probably the one that springs to mind most of all is the German Grand Prix, where Vettel was well and truly on target to take the win, but crashed out of the race all on his own in admittedly difficult conditions, but nevertheless still handed the uh, the race victory and the championship advantage to Lewis Hamilton. Um, Hamilton seemed a lot better at coming up with race victories when the opportunities presented themselves, whereas for Vettel there were some race wins that got away, and that was why Hamilton not only won the championship, but in the end, he cruised to it because he wrapped it up with a couple of races still remaining. And Hamilton and uh, Bottas remain together at Mercedes, which will give them stability going into 2019. Can you believe that there's only two teams on the grid next year where the driver lineup is going to be the same as it was this year? So you've got Mercedes with Hamilton and Bottas. The only other team which has retained its drivers is Haas with Roman Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen, every other team in the field has at least one driver change. And not only that, but we've had this massive turnover of drivers because there'll be a total of six drivers in the field in 2019 who are not on the grid this year. So um, out of this year's field, you lose the two McLaren drivers. Fernando Alonso has uh, called time on his F1 career. Stoffel Van Dorn is off to Formula E. We know that Marcus Ericsson is out of the Sauber team. Brendan Hartley, his Formula One career appears like it's over, so he's gone from Toro Rosso at Williams. They're going to have two new drivers next year because Lance Stroll is off to the Racing Point team, as it's now known, which has been purchased by his father and Sergei Sorotkin's out altogether as well. And the other driver who, in some respects, a bit unfortunate to lose his drive, Esteban Ocon, who has just ended up with no seat available for him with Lance Stroll's dad purchasing that Racing Point team. So it's going to be exciting. We've got some rookie drivers on the grid next year. You've got two of the most promising talents, in fact, three of the most promising talents from Formula 2, in George Russell, Lando Norris and Alex Albin all stepping up. Got Robert Kubica making his return to the field, driving for the Williams team. You've got Antonio Giovinazzi in at Sauber as well. And also Danny Kvyat gets the call up for his Formula One return at Toro Rosso. So 
as mentioned, six drivers on the grid next year who are not part of the field this year. We've got our own Daniel Ricciardo who's making a change over to Renault and fascinating that Renault's not going to be the power plant for Red Bull and Ricardo was plagued by mechanical issues right throughout almost the time he announced he was going. Yeah, and that certainly ignited the conspiracy theorists in terms of online and social media comments, hasn't it? But it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. So we know that Red Bull and Toro Rosso are going to be running Honda engines next year. We know that Honda have been improving in terms of their engine performance. They're certainly a lot better than they were when they first came back into Formula 1 with McLaren a couple of years ago. But it'll be interesting to see what sort of package Renault can put together as well because as unreliable as Daniel Ricciardo's car was on a few occasions throughout this season, the Renault factory cars didn't seem afflicted by those same sorts of problems. But equally, the Renault chassis wasn't anywhere near as quick as the Red Bull chassis over the course of this season. So the other intriguing prospects is going to be to see how Daniel Ricciardo fares against Nico Hulkenberg because a lot of people are expecting that Ricciardo will come into the Renault team and wipe the floor with Hulkenberg but I don't think he's going to have it that easy. I think Hulkenberg's pretty talented steerer I think he'll give Ricardo a run for his money. Looking at a local series which you had a huge involvement with was the Australian Motor Racing Series. And its first year, what's the organisers and drivers think of the AMRS? I think we can give it a pass mark definitely in terms of competitive satisfaction. All of the drivers and categories that were part of the AMRS this year in its inaugural season gave it a big thumbs up. A really friendly and yet professional environment for competitors to enjoy racing on the national stage. And I think more importantly than that, it gave a number of categories the opportunity to move up from state level and have their chance at competing at a national sort of level. So you had series like TA2, which previously had been a Queensland-based series, stepping up to run as a full national series. You had the Legend Car Series. Its cars previously had run just at state-level events at Wakefield Park and Winton. It expanded to a full national series as well. And then there were other categories that were sort of left in no-man's land because they'd separated from other series that had somewhere to come back to. And I'm talking about categories like the Australian Formula 3 Premier Series and the Australian Formula Ford Championship. The uh, entry numbers were pretty strong in all six rounds throughout the season. Live stream numbers were very good on Lenline TV. And uh, one of the big coups for the series for the Sydney Motorsport Park round was having the stadium super trucks running as part of the program. That attracted a pretty decent number of spectators to that round as well. What can we expect from the AMRS in 2019 then? So the calendar has been announced and once again it will be a six-round national series visiting circuits all over Australia. Um, excited to be heading to Tailwind Bend next year as part of the series. And then once again, we'll be visiting Morgan Park up in Queensland, back at Sydney Motorsport, Wakefield Park, and a couple of rounds at Winton as well. And I think probably one of the other points that I want to make is I know that other sanctioning bodies are maybe seen as where you need to be if you aspire to a professional motor racing career. But uh, two drivers who are part of the AMRS this year are going to have the opportunity to go and showcase their talents on the international stage next year. Hunter McElroy the Australian Formula Ford champion. Uh, he got to go and participate in the Mazda Road to Windy shootout as his prize winning the Formula Ford championship. 
and he actually won that shootout. So that means that he now gets to drive in the US F2000 series next year, which is one of the support categories for IndyCar. So a really exciting opportunity for him. And the other one is uh, James Burge, the Legend Cars Australia Series champion, and also Jason Goulding from the Legend Cars, who's been selected as a wild card. Both those drivers get to go over on a fully funded trip to America as well as compete in the 2019 US Legend Car Nationals. So AMRS, certainly if you're in one of those sorts of categories, definitely can provide you with the opportunity to springboard yourself into a professional motorsport environment Mm. or career. Yeah, and looking at uh, GT1, Jake Camilleri was the uh, eventual champion there. Indeed he was, and uh, a bit of an interesting stat there was that he won the championship by driving four different cars over the course of the season. He drove a Mark II Mustang in the opening two rounds of the championship, and then he drove three different Mark I cars in the subsequent rounds, and uh, for the last two rounds, he had a couple of different co-drivers as well in Jason Busk and John Goodacre, so it took a bit of variety and diversity and creativity but he finally managed to get the job done and we've known for a long time that Jake Camilleri is a pretty accomplished steerer because we've seen the sorts of things that he's achieved in categories like the production car series but this is the first time that he's actually won a national championship outright so really well done to him. Well Lachlan we hope you have a great Christmas and look forward to catching up with you throughout 2019. Thanks Craig, thanks for having me. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.